What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, uh, Justin Roman. I hope and I uh, hope you all are having a wonderful, uh, a, uh, a wonderful Saturday afternoon, um, guys. Um, guys. Uh, so um, we're 26 days away from the NFL draft. I'm gonna just let you guys. I'm just gonna give you. I'm just going to keep you guys updated on how many, on the amount of days that we are away from the draft, you know, um, so yeah, uh, guys, uh, so as you guys, if you guys listened to my podcast yesterday, um, you know, I was really uh, talking about really getting, getting into, uh, on how this offensive line could, uh, really, um, really help you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, you know, um, because we all know for, like, for the past, like, years, like, ever since these, ever since these two have been, like, working together, you know, like, everyone's been glamoring on, oh, can Saquon, like, there's been questions, like, oh, can, can Saquon, is Saquon better, better with or without Daniel, is Daniel better with or without Saquon, you know, it's clear to say that both of these, both of these guys, when healthy, you know, they can ball out. You know, when you have a, when, when Saquon Barkley's fully healthy, Daniel Jones, his numbers are high and in a good way, you know. But the thing is, both of the, both of these guys weren't given an offensive line. So can you just imagine a healthy Daniel Jones and a healthy Saquon Barkley? that got, like, that they got their game going, imagine that, with a good offensive line, I think you have an interesting quarterback running back duo, you know, we all, look at, we all know how Saquon Barkley can get, you know, we all know how he, like, going, like, dating back to his rookie year, we all know how dangerous this guy can be when he's full, when he's full, when he's, when he has the durability and the health to be dominant. We don't know about Daniel Jones, though. And that's why I'm so curious on if Dan... That's why I'm so curious on, on Daniel being successful. Because when the offensive line, going back to last season, when it had... When it did give Daniel Jones some time to make plays, Daniel, he can play. You know, going back to the Saints game. Daniel, the offensive line was actually doing pretty good against probably one of the best defenses in the league. Daniel Jones threw 400 yards, rushed the ball. He rushed in two touchdowns and threw two touchdown passes. So, I mean, that right there, like, if you can do that against one of the best defenses in the league, like, no one, like, no one picked the Giants against the Saints. I think, like, only 15% of people picked the Giants against New Orleans. 90% of people picked the Saints. And the Giants were down two touchdowns. And there was no way they... I had no confidence. And Jason Garrett dialed up some good plays. You know why? Because the offensive line was showing up. And Daniel Jones, it looks like when he has time to make plays, he can do something. You know? So... That's why I'm very. That's why I'm unsure if Daniel shouldn't be our quarterback. You know, 
So we're gonna finally see on how both of these on how both of these guys can play behind a good offensive line. You know, we're fi- we're finally gonna get the answers on if Daniel can ball out with a healthy Saquon Barkley. So let's see what happens. But guys, um, you guys know me. I am all about defense, and you guys know that I still believe as much as. As much as the entire NFL system believes in quarterbacks. Now, I still have a thing for defenses. I still believe that defenses still win you games. You know, I still have that type. I still have that in my head because you look at teams like the Cincinnati Bengals. You look at teams like the, uh, you know, teams like that. Teams like the Miami Dolphins, teams that have improved over time because they have they've had good defenses and their offense has gave them opportunities to shine. Jamar Chase, for an example, no one now we didn't really think how good Jamar Chase could be because he kept on dropping uh, passes because for some reason he couldn't like he said so I heard that he said something about how how big the, the footballs are in the NFL. So he he corrected that issue. And now every, every time Joe Burrow has to go down and score, he'll find Jamar Chase because he fi- he figured out how to catch the uh, how to catch the balls in the NFL, you know? But the reason why I'm bringing up defense is because I love defense. I've always loved defense, you know, I've always I've always encouraged defense, you know, um I still believe to I still believe until to this day I still believe defenses can win you games, you know? So look at you guys you guys really wanted me I kinda I'm kinda fit I kinda I think I kinda figured it out. I think you guys really want me to compare all the all the talent that's in a draft compare one talent to the other. You know, like the Evan Neal, uh, you guys, like, you guys wanted me to, wanted me to know who I would want out of Evan Neal or Akeem Aquana. I said Evan Neal a little bit over Aquanu just because when I look at, when I, if I, like, when I look at a guy that I want, I'm looking at his overall background. Can he fit, can he fit my Kafka system? Evan Neal can because Mike Kafka passes the ball a lot, dating back to his days with the Chiefs. You know, now I'm not cutting out Aquanu. I think Aquanu can. I think Akeem Aquanu, prop not even a year. I think Aquanu can be one of the most disruptive offensive offensive linemen you can name because when he finishes when he finishes like off the ball, he's aggressive. You know. But Aquanu, he he's not that good in the passing game, you know, because he can't keep his balance upright, you know, and his hip flexibility is very unsure. Now I said it is fixable. I think I think if you I think if Aquanu can fix that up, I think Aquanu can be at least somewhere outside of a top ten, top fifteen offensive tackle, you know, but. If Evan Neal's still on the board, I'm taking him because Evan Neal, he's very dominant in the passing game. 
you know. And I think you add, you put him, I, I think you put him with this projected starting lineup with Mark Lewinsky, with John Fluciano, with, with Andrew Thomas, you know, with Max Garcia. You add this kid, I think, I think Evan Neal, I think there's no competition. I think Evan Neal beats out Matt Pert. I think he beats out Matt Pert, and I think he starts. Because Evan Neal, he's clear, this kid is clearly one of the best tackles in the league. You know, coming from the best colleges in the league from Alabama. So, I don't know. Let's see what happens. You guys wanted me to talk about on who would I rather have on the defensive side now? Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean? Listen, I love both of these. I love both. I love both of these defenders. You know, I think both of these guys are going to be talented. Kobe Dean, obviously, coming from Georgia, you know, and Devin Lloyd. Look it. If you're going to ask me which inside linebacker would I would, would, from my own opinion, from a football perspective, would be better for Wink Martindale's defense and for the Giants, well, look it. I mean... Listen, guys, we need the Giants. We they they clearly need a long term linebacking option. Blake Martinez tore his ACL in week three of the 2021 season. He is retained on the roster, but his contract expires at the end of the season. The Giants don't have reliable options behind the veteran. Look at guys. There's no look at guys. There's no Michael Parsons in the in this draft. But there are two possible first-round uh, talents in Utah's Devin Lloyd and Georgia's Nicole Dean. Look, at, I came I came away a bit underwhelmed, you know, with their film relative, you know, to the fanfare that uh, they received from the draft community. I think I think both of these young cats, I think they're both good players, but I scoffed, you know, at the possible top ten hype. Several enticing linebacker options might be selected after uh, Lloyd and Dean. I don't think the difference between those players and these two linebackers is too vast, considering the perceived value difference in their pre-draft stock. Wyoming's uh, Wyoming's Chad Muma, Alabama's Christian Harris, and Dean's uh, Alabama's Christian Harris, uh, who is the Kobe Dean's teammate. You know, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker are more interesting than Lloyd indeed, in my opinion, when the perceived value is factored into the equation. I do. I have Lloyd and Dean ranked higher. So look at, look at guys. I, I and look at. I also love Wisconsin's Leo uh, Chanel, and think Montana State's Troy Anderson are unique players to develop. I've also heard great things about athletic Oklahoma linebacker Brian Asoma, but I still need to get his evaluation. Look, I want I wanted to clarify before I before I uh, dove into the uh, debate between Lloyd and Dean. Look at both both defenders earned the utmost respect from their uh, compet- uh from their what's the word I'm trying to what's the word I'm trying to think of a word that really fits this equation. This whole situation, Con- uh, uh, like very competent, you know, very hardworking, you know, like 
it like both of these both of these defenders are very good at what they do. You know, it's hard, but look, it's hard to find any bad words about either player in terms of their leadership and work ethic. I love though I love those characteristics. I love their characteristics and will be an infectious qual- quality in the NFL, one that locker rooms will desire. Let's th- I'm going to start with Devin Lloyd. You know, and here's look at I love Devin Lloyd. I had him in one of my mock drafts. Lloyd is a good athlete who ran a bit slower than anticipated at the combine. He provides ex- he provides exceptional length a 79th percentile 10-yard split, and versatile usage from Utah's defense. Lloyd also aligned 59% of his snaps at inside linebacker, 19% at edge, 15% at outside linebacker, 5% on the defensive line, and 2% at cornerback in 2021. Utah trusted his range to drop into deep middle coverage, which is a Tampa 2 on 5% of his drops. His maximum speed according to GPS tracking data, was 20.1 miles per hour. Lloyd had 111 tackles, 22 for a loss, 7 sacks, 4 interceptions, 2 touchdowns, 6 passes defended, and a forced fumble with 31 uh, with 31 pressures and 56 stops. Those are good numbers. You know, he ended his productive career at Utah with 256 tackles, 43 tackles for loss, 15 and a half goddamn sacks, five interceptions, three touchdowns, eight passes defended, and two forced fumbles. He also recorded 65 pressures and 126 stops. You know, like, comparisons as a poor man's Micah Parsons in terms of utilization, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, of utilization, there you go aren't unfair. He had 165 snaps aligned at edge and was used to blitz from various locations. His his linear burst and explosiveness are very good, but I see some stiffness when asked to to flip his hips and change direction. When Lloyd stays square, and I witnessed this on tape, when this kid stays square, while scrapping outside, he generally does a good job cutting the running back's angle off and making a lay on the football. When he, diag- when he diagnosed plays cleanly from the jump, he generally did a good job evading blockers at the second level. He's a bit stiff when asked to flip, but he's uh, to ask to flip, but he's pretty adept from tackle to tackle in terms of lowering his center of gravity and dipping around blocking attempts. He had a better array of pass, <coughs> excuse me, he had a better array of pass rushing moves, you know, than I intention, intentionally expected. He could use some work with the timing and strike power, but he flashed a craftiness that I appreciated when pinning his uh, ears back. Lloyd uses good eyes discipline, you know, um, in coverage when the routes are in front of him. His interceptions against Washington State and Stanford were excellent uh, reactions, you know, where he read the quarterback with amazing concentration to intercept passes near the line of scrimmage. He passes routes off well when, you know, when they're in front of him and closes, uh, closes with 
quickly when catches are made. I look at I didn't see great awareness with routes behind him. He was a step behind too often. There were two plays against Ohio State that stuck out one uh, that stuck out to me. One was against a wide receiver and one against Washington State, you know, in the first quarter with 12 minutes, 12, uh, with uh, 12 minutes remaining, it was third and 10. He also had a big miscommunication on a fast three in the red zone. That seemed to be his fault. Look, look at Lloyd didn't switch, leading to a touchdown on third and five in the first quarter and not with 9.55 remaining in the first with 9.55 remaining against Arizona State. One drop touchdown against UCLA on a crosser behind him where he was a step uh, too slow in the third quarter with five minutes remaining with 5.12 remaining. His flash plays and coverage are excellent. No denying that. His flash plays are excellent in coverage. But I don't come away from the evaluation believing he was a true difference-making coverage linebacker. However, he was very opportunistic and made the most of the pre- uh, made the most of the presented situations. The interceptions for a touchdown against Oregon in a Pac-12 championship game is an excellent indicator of his ability to rise in a big moment. His fourth-quarter pick six against Stanford on the line of scrimmage was a superb adjustment to use his length to close the throwing lane once his pass rush didn't work. And his Washington and his Washington State pick was similar with an excellent showing of ball skills. Look at I like Lloyd. I like Devin Lloyd, and I think he'll be a good football player. As I saw more film, I appreciated his skill set more, but I never saw a top 10 player. He was too often hinged away from his gap responsibilities over under pursuit and had some missed tackles in pursuit, which was inconsistent from some of his plays when he did stay squ- uh, when he did stay square and read it quickly. You know, so I think Dean so this is kinda this kinda reminds me of the Evanil Akimakwanu debate, you know. I think both players well, I'll, wait. I'll give you my uh, I'll give you my final thoughts after I'm done talking about the Kobe Dean. Let's talk about the Kobe Dean. You know, listen. Dean, look at Dean did not test at the combine or his pro day. Now this led to a lot of speculation surrounding his speed. Now Georgia's head coach uh, Kirby Smart stated that Dean is dealing with a pectoral uh, with a pectoral strain so he hasn't trained much his lack of testing and uh, diminutive measurable will indeed work against his stock but he shows this kid shows plenty of linear speed on field now Dean aligned 63% of the snaps at inside linebacker 17% of the snaps came at outside linebacker 12% on the edge 8% on the defensive line and 2% at cornerback Dean was the heartbeat of one of the best college defenses we've seen in quite a while. He recorded 72 tackles, 10.5 for a loss, 6 sacks, 2 interceptions, 5 passes defended, and 2 forced fumbles with 31 pressures and 42 stops. He, you know, the, he finishes his Georgia career with 168 tackles overall, 13.5 for a loss, 7.5 uh, sacks, and 7 passes defended, 3 forced fumbles, 48 pressures and 78 stops. 
Look, Dean didn't play as many snaps as Floyd because of the embarrassment of Riches in the Georgia defense. Dean played six, uh, 663 snaps, uh, around 663 snaps, 63 snaps, you know, and in 2021, Lloyd played 849 with one less game, with one less than a game, you know, so, I mean, you can say this, some of Dean's most impressive tape, you can clearly, you can clearly say came when he was heading downhill. As a blitzing linebacker, his burst is exceptional, and he does a good job using his hands, altering his path and, you know, comf- you know, contorting uh, uh, his body to avoid contact and effectively apply pressure on quarterbacks. Playing alongside Jordan, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, and Devontae Wyatt helps, as does the, the exotic pressure packages that Georgia used. Still. A lot of Dean's sacks came off incredible individual efforts where he won the one-on-one matchup. I appreciate Dean's ability, you know, to be, what's the word I'm looking for? To be shot out of a cannon and the pop he brings to the tackle point. He possesses good body control and start-stop ability. He had exceptional plays in pursuit flowing laterally and locating ball carriers near the numbers. His play against Michigan in the first quarter with two minutes, it was third down and 16, was a was a microcosm of his competitive toughness, angles to the football, and absolute hustle as he tracked a swing pass down the down from the backside for a loss of two. I expect look I expected a better player in the box from the Kobe D. His instincts weren't elite, and he was uh, he was engulfed by climbing li- by climbing linemen a bit too often uh, for my liking. His lack of size length hurt his ability to keep himself clean if he was uh, a bit slow to react and fill. Overall, I can say this: Dean, from what I've seen on tape, Dean is a solid. Dean is solid in coverage. He was a bit late to stick to routes in front of him, and I felt like he was exploitable or horizontal breaking routes. Dean had a very impressive interception against Florida on a quick uh, hitch throw from the far hash. Dean aligned outside the numbers and jumped the throw for pick six. Dean isn't look at. I love I love both of these players, and I, like I and like I said, this kind of, this kind of reminds me of the Evan Neal Akimakano uh, debate. I love both players. I think both players are going to be very good in the future. Dean is an impact player who I believe, from my personal opinion, would fit very well with the Giants under uh, Wink Martindale. Men, look at many draw comparisons to former LSU linebacker Patrick Queen, who's with the Ravens. You know, the Ravens obviously uh, selected in the latter half of the first round in 2020. I see a much sharper uh, player in, uh, with Dean, you know, but a lesser, but a lesser athlete. So I, you can kind of compare Nakobe uh, Dean to Patrick Queen. But just because I want Dean to the Giants, because like I said, he fits, he fits the personnel, he fits, he fits the scheme, he fits the background of Wink Martindale's defense. I wouldn't mind uh, Devin Lloyd either, you know. 
because Devin Lloyd, he did have more experience playing the position, you know, like I said, yeah, but obviously, you know, Georgia, they, you know, Georgia, they, like, over the years, Georgia, they've been getting better and better over the years, so, obviously, Dean never had the chance because that's how talented, you know, Georgia's defense was, you know, Bullocket. Anyways, here's my final thoughts on both of these young defenders. Both Dean and Lloyd, in my eyes, have big playability, without a doubt. With the interceptions and sacks they recorded in 2021, they are both heralded for their uh, their leadership. Both were more inefficient than I intentionally anticipated with their tackling. Dean had 12.2% missed Ta- had a, he had a 12.2% missed tackle rate. Lloyd had an 11.5%. And both weren't as impressive as I originally as I originally thought before watching their tape. You know? Look at that. Obviously that sounds very negative. But that's not my intention. I believe both I believe both of these young I, be, I believe both of these rookies are first round top type of guys. Just not top ten. I wouldn't enter the evaluations expecting Micah Parsons, and neither player should be viewed in that esteem, you know? I believe both players would fit well in Marindel's scheme. And here's why. For instance, for for N'Kobe Dean, Dean's ability to head downhill in a hurry as a blitzing ball of lightning would would infrigate the second level of the Giants' defense. Lloyd can also do that as well, and I believe he is a better, I believe Lloyd is a better overall edge option if Marindell wanted to move him to that area in certain situations, because he played 19% of his snaps on the edge, you know, position. I also think the length difference is significant. Lloyd, <coughs> Lloyd has 74th percentile arm length and 97th percentile wingspan. Whereas Dean has a 34th uh, percentile arm length and 25th percentile wingspan. Both have athletic upside without a question. But neither of these guys are dynamically more athletic in one area than the other. Lloyd offers more at the professional level than Dean, who I like. So I would have to go with Lloyd if I selected one of the two. If either play now, if e if either player fell to 36, sign me up. However, ideally, there's a lot of value I like after the top two linebackers that shouldn't command a top 40 selection. So who I'm gonna pick? I'm gonna pick Lloyd, just because of how just because just because of the experience and how he plays a position. I like N'Kobe Dean, you know? I like N'Kobe Dean. I think N'Kobe Dean's going to be a talented football player because he, he's coming from Georgia. Georgia's a great football. Georgia's a great college football team, you know? They almost won the national championship. But I'm just going, but like I said, guys, I go down, the way I, the way I, the, the way that I would take a, a rookie is their background and how good they play the position and if they can fit my if they can fit my defense pretty well. Devin Lloyd clearly fits Swing Martindale's defense pretty well. But hell, if we don't if 
If we don't get Devin Lloyd, we get Nicobe Dean, I'm fine with that too. Because both players have dominated, you know, at the position. Now they're not, you know, and obviously, you know, you can't compare these guys to Michael Parsons. Michael, Par- Michael Parsons came from Penn State. Penn State, like they play in a high, they play in a high level. Like they're like Penn State, they're in the Pac-12 division. So look at it's tough because both of these both of these guys are very talented, you know. But from experience wise, I would say Lloyd, you know. But I really feel like from a physical and explosive uh, standpoint, I would say Dean because Dean played with a Georgia Bulldogs defense that had monsters, you know, cringing on that side, waiting for the quarterback to snap that ball. So, so, uh, but I'll say Lloyd just, I'll say Lloyd just because of that. So yeah, guys, that's my case. Um, let me know. Uh, let me let me know which linebacker. Let me know which defender do you guys think would be better for Luke Marindell's defense? You know, and yeah, look, I like I like Nicobe Dean. You know, I think both I think both of these guys are going to be talented. You know, I th- and like I said, I think both of these guys are first round type uh, type guys. I just don't think they're top ten in my opinion. I don't think I don't think Joe Shane is gonna gonna. I don't think Joe Shane. Is, I think Joe Shane will go defense. I don't think it's. I think it's either gonna be Hamilton or Thibodeau, in my opinion. You know, I I don't think, and that's not a bad thing, guys. Mac Jones, Mac Jones was a he was a Mac Jones was everyone thought Mac Jones was gonna be a top five quarterback in the draft. He appears not to be. He appear he this kid got drafted outside the top ten. He was drafted at fifteen to the Patriots, and look at. This kid struggled a little bit, but who took the Patriots to the playoffs? Mac Jones in that defense. That's why. So don't, you know, like I said, never judge a book by its cover. You know, never judge a book. It doesn't, look at it, it doesn't matter. The book that you're reading, it may not have your favorite author. It may not have your favorite writer. It may not have the things that, it may not have the things that you like, but it might have. It might, you know, it might have your favorite restaurant that you have, that you've been going for years, and you never even know it. Same thing, it's, it's kind of related to this whole situation. Never, what I'm really saying is never, you know, assume that, oh, the guy that we got stinks because, oh, he's outside the top 10. No, never assume that. Big Ben Roethlisberger. Do you know how many teams skipped over him? That's that's what happened. Big Ben appears to be a a four-time Super Bowl champion. You know, a six-time MVP pro bowler. Never judge a book by its cover. That's why. So, yeah, guys. Let me know. So, it's going to be interesting. Look at, look at, like I said, if none of these guys go to the, go to the Giants, I'm pretty sure they're all going to blow up, you know, but it would be a, it would, it would be a amazing to see one of these, uh, young cats go to the Giants, and yeah, so let me, let me know what you guys think, and yeah, I'll see, uh, I will be making another, uh, I will be making another podcast tomorrow, and yeah, I'll see you guys, I'm out, peace.